Father, we thank you for your word today, God. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, God. We ask you to speak to our hearts today. Father God, as we lay our hearts out to you, God, as we give you our hearts, Father God. Oh, we don't know how to take care of our hearts, God. We have to give them to you, the keeper of our heart, Father God. We want our treasure to be uh, the, the kingdom of God in us. That's what we want our treasure to be. Our treasure it must be the kingdom of God. Father, let that treasure be your kingdom, God. Not this world, not objects, not obsessions, not the things and the rudiments of this world and the, and the possessions, God, but let it be your kingdom, God. Let your kingdom open up our eyes and open up our minds, God, that we might see rightly, Father. We thank you for the kingdom of God. Today's message is called Cracks in Your Armor. And I didn't get this message from thinking about that. I got this message from seeing um, some uh, water damage from buildings and roofs and inside attics where you, where you drove by someone's house, you walked in, everything seems fine. But when, you, uh, when the water finally gets through something and it starts to appear, something that's been happening for a very long time. Although we begin to ignore these things on the outside because you know, you don't really see them and nobody else can see them and who cares, but you, you know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to fix the leaks because sometimes it costs too much. Sometimes it takes too much effort. Sometimes it's just not worth the time or sometimes we, we, we weigh the costs and we say, well, you know, it's not worth it. But in the kingdom of God, it's always worth it. It's worth everything, our life, our soul and everything that it w- is within us has to be worth all because He gave it all and we need to give it all to Him. And He wants it all. Cracks in our armor. Everything sometimes looks fine on the outside, but on the inside it's decaying, becoming moldy. Like cancer in a human body. What do you do? You, you, we, what do you do when you have that? You, you, you need to cut it out, right? But sin is like cancer in the spiritual man. You see, when we have cancer in the, in the natural body and we, and we would go to the doctor and we would say, you know, let's remove this or let's take special things to, to alleviate. Well, the blood of Jesus removes all sin in our life. And, and what begins to happen is this sin is like cancer in the spiritual man. But only Jesus can remove it. But we have to be willing. We have to let Him. We have to let Him go. We need to go and lay ourselves upon the altar, which is the operating table of heaven, and let Him do the work that He wants to do. Let Him cut the things out and let Him fix the house. Because water is very damaging. Go look up. You would think, oh, water is, water is, they say, is the most damaging element to the, to, um, Water damage. Go, go try to get flood insurance. It's so much more money than getting hurricane insurance. Because hurricane insurance, the water comes real quick. It might blow the roof off. But the water damage is you have to replace it all. You have to, it's, it's, it, it, it starts to eat and erode and it breaks the framework down. It breaks down the, uh, the strength that's within. And what is our strength within us? It must be the kingdom of God. Sin is what causes iniquity. Sin. What man cannot see, God sees it all. What you might not see, if you go up in your attic, you might start to see it. You might even have something on the roof where nothing can come through where you see it, but the whole attic is getting moldy, decay. And what happens in darkness? What happens in darkness is you get mold in dark and dirty things because there's no light. The guy just replaced my light in my air conditioner vent, but years ago they never did that. It was so dark and things start to grow. But then they have this blue light, this very strong element light, and it's like the light of Jesus in, my, in our bodies. When, when that light goes out, Jesus says, if, you, if, you're, if your eye is single and full of light, how great is that light? He says, but if your eye is dark, how great is that darkness? And he's talking about the house of God, which we are. So he's saying a lot of Christians walk around with this, in, this entitlement spirit of being saved, but they never let God do the reconstructive work that is within us that only He can do by the supernatural power of God, which is by the power of the cross. 
And us even now, when we were born again and we were renewed and we were walking, sometimes we can start to get cracks in our armor. Because you know that we put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and the breastplate of righteousness, and the sword of the Spirit. But you know when there's cracks in your armor, you don't want to pick up the sword anymore because you do not feel worthy. You do not want to speak the Word of God because you know you're guilty. So if the devil can make you guilty, he'll make you in condemnation. So you live in shame and guilt. Although you might be saved, you don't live like a saved man. You don't act like a, uh, a, a uh, victorious uh, um, Christian where you have the victory in Christ Jesus. We act like we're defeated, we're down, broken, and contrite. Even David in his thing, and even in his relationship to God, he was seeing how the sin started to hurt his heart. Because his heart was supposed to be in line with God's heart. And we have those different types of hearts all the time. What God, what man cannot see, God always sees. Jesus said to them, you who work iniquity. They were doing all the right things. They said the prayer. They said they believed Jesus. They cast out demons. They healed the sick. They did this. But what he was saying, but what you did on the outside does not Never sanctify what's being done on the inside. What I want to look at is what's going on on the inside. You might fool man, but you can't fool me. We have to be transparent before God or else what? We'll be a castaway. So only He can remove that by His power. We cannot remove Him, but we have to allow Him and we have to be broken and contrite to let Him come in. So what happens is He removes it and He removed it once and for all before you say, well... This is where the false grace comes in. Well, he removed it. I'm saved and all that. But then why, why are we live? Why does we have all these other scriptures that, that um, Paul says, put on the full armor of God and resist the devil and he will flee and put on the full armor of God and keep oneself unspotted from the world. Put on the full armor of God. That was from James. And put on the full armor of God and keep yourselves, uh, give no place to the devil. Why? Because if you give a place to the devil, you're giving a crack. You're giving an entrance. You're giving away. You're opening a door. So, and a lot of us, because of pride, we do not want to shut the door because we don't want other people to know about it. The Bible says if we confess our sins one to another, He is worthy to forgive us of our sins. And, but we have to be, and, and to Him. Sometimes we are, we are like the religious people in the garden, the religious spirit putting fig leaves on something God sees right, right in front of our eyes. Man always wants to look good on the outside, but God's looking at the inside. Luke 13, 27, but he shall say, um, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. In other words, you who allow, uh, continue to, to allow sin. We're all going to sin, but we're not sinners because we're in Christ. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. Old things pass away and all things become new. So if you're in Christ, you are in his righteousness. But when you are in active sin, you the devil has has a way and you cannot have the fruit and bear the fruit that you would have when you have no cracks in your armor. When you have cracks in your armor, inside of you starts to always get agitated. Always get you cannot be dead on See, to be the kingdom of God is to be, to, to be dead in this world and life. So when the kingdom of God is operating fully is when you're dead to the flesh more. The more you die to the flesh, the more the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus was walking in the flesh, but his flesh never moved him. It never led him, and, it ne and he never sinned. So when he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, he was saying, when you repent, I can start to put my kingdom in you, and I can remake this broken vessel. I can remake this um, sinful old man and be renewed into the new man. But it's through repentance and it's through the power of God. People in religion want to try to do that by the works of the flesh. And that is what the law produced, death. But sometimes we work ourselves in the law in our dispensation of grace because we, we, don't, we don't understand that God wants us to be so much even more in what we do on the outside, what we're doing on, through jealousy, offense, hate, Anger, bitterness, strife, debate, which are the things that, that, that stay in our heart that is like 
that water that just every time it rains, every time the devil comes, it just gets badder and badder and it starts to decay. So the framework of the kingdom of God, if Jesus is the chief cornerstone and you remove him out of the place and you put your own corner in, the building will be not be strong. So we see, he says in, in, in Matthew 23, verse 27 through 28, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! Because a lot of people say the right thing, but you, he's saying you don't do what you say. You whited sepulchres, that's tomb. You, he says you're like dead, you're dead on the inside. See, Jesus is life on the inside, so when you're dead on the outside, life can grow on the inside, and your inside can grow outside, and you can live from the inside out instead of people trying to live from the outside in, and nothing can penetrate because the only thing that can get from the outside in is the kingdom of God or sin and the devil. So which one are you going to allow in? Which indeed appear beautiful on the outward, but within are full of dead man's bones. Bones are structure. The church has a structure. Now we are the household of God. And all uncleanliness. Even if you also outwardly appear righteous, appear righteous, mean you look righteous, you go to church, you wear the, the, the garments, but on the outside unto men, but within you are full of iniquity and hypocrisy. In other words, God knows the iniquity. We can fool man, but we can't fool God. So that must be the thing inside of us that, you know what, I don't care what I look like on the outside. God, make I want you to look like you on the inside. In Matthew 23, 25-26, a little bit before that, he says, Make what's clean on the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thy blind Pharisees cleanse first that which is within the platter, and that which on the outside may be clean also. So automatically, when, when what's on the inside gets clean, the outside starts to follow. So what he's saying, you when your insides start to get, when you get cracks and decay, you start to not be able to see, because the kingdom of God is within. You see from within. The world sees from without. So the kingdom of God is not by observation, it is within. So when we, when we begin to look within, we can really see without. People like to judge without, and that's why he rebuked the Pharisees, because we're supposed to have righteous judgment. But our judgment is supposed to be within, not from without. So the Pharisees judge everybody for what they look like and what she did on the outside, but her heart was right with God because it was broken and she knew she needed Him. Sometimes we don't think we need Him because we are like that one that comes into the church and says, Oh, I'm glad I tithe every uh, two weeks and I give my and I pray this much and I fast. And he said, then the other one came and beat in his chest and said, and He said, Oh, me, a sinner, uh, help me. He said, Which one went away uh, right with the Father that day? And, he, and it says, The one that came in beating his chest, wanting to be hating what he, his insides were making him feel like. And eventually, the devil can try to make you live with the bad insides, but you can't stand strong in the spiritual realm. Titus 2.14 says, He gave Himself for us that, we, that He might redeem us from all iniquity. See, everyone says, I said a prayer, I'm saying, but God, God wants us to live righteously. Although He makes us righteous, we cannot do it in our own strength or in the flesh. But in that, his fruits bear, and they're very nice. See, when the priest went into the Holy of Holies, he didn't only have bells of the gifts and the power and the anointing of God. He had the fruits and the pomegranates. So he had the full stature and measure of Christ. He moved in all power and the gifts because God had given him the bells, which represent the gifts. He says, if, if the Bible says, if I come to you, with, and, and, and uh, he said about the clanging symbols was when he was talking about the gifts, if I have prophecy and do all these things, but I have not love the fruits. Then he says, if you don't have the fruits, then what? You're a clanging symbol. See, when you have the fruits and the gifts, you don't clang anymore. You're very productive. Jesus wasn't a clanging symbol. He was very accurate and he was very self-controlled. So see, when we become under self-control and the fruits of the Spirit, we begin to look like Christ. So what happened when the priest had sin, right? He died and they pulled him out with a rope. Thank God. Now... We have grace. And now we are our own priest of our own temple. And He is the high priest. But we also have to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. So, in other words, Jesus 
is our high priest, but he also says that the kingdom of God is in, and we are to keep this temple full of light. Right? Because he says, you, if your eye be dark, how great is that? If your eye be light, how? So he's saying, and, and I know light is the absence. Light takes away the darkness. So darkness is, if there's any darkness, then there must not, not be any light. And he says, and with David in Psalms 91, let's see how David talked about this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. We know that Jesus did that. But Jesus hadn't yet come, and he already knew by prophetic unction that only God could make his heart feel right. Only God could take away the condemnation. Only the Holy Spirit. David knew only God could, his, his right God's presence in his life and God's yes in his life and God's okay with him is the only thing that's going to make him feel right. So that was what he wanted to make sure when, he, when his sin overtook him and he became um, in, in iniquity and he did those wrong things. But he knew the only one that could make him right was God. And his, that was more important to him than what any man could say or think about him. And that's what made him a heart after God. It did. The Bible said David was never said David was a perfect man without sin. No, that was only Jesus. The Bible never said that David was, but he said he had a heart after God. David was in this, and this. He was just a man. And God says, if you are now, even in the kingdom of God, after my heart, then you don't have to live with iniquity in your heart. For they acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is forever before me. Against thee I have sinned, and have done this evil in thy sight. Thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. He couldn't even do that. We can now. See, David was prophesying something that he couldn't even be done yet without the power in the, in the kingdom of God. Do you see that? But he knew it because he was prophesying. Truth in my inward parts, in the hidden parts, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop. What is that now? That's the blood of Jesus for us. And I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that thy bones, which thou hast broken, may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Who's done that for us? Jesus. But can iniquity get in? Well, of course. People were following Jesus, but were, well, they were following Jesus. People try to follow the Bible, but they don't live the Bible. People try to... Try to they were following Jesus and listening to him, but they did not want to eat his flesh and drink his blood, so they left him. Hide thy face from thy sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. We need to do that all the time. You see, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit within me. When, when there's cracks in your armor, your right spirit becomes a wrong spirit. Because now, what are you talking about? Well, Judas was following Jesus, right? But... And he was chosen. He was chosen. He was he got. He didn't remain chosen. Many are called. He was definitely called, and God chose the twelve. So don't get it mixed up that he was chosen, because the Bible says many are called and few are chosen. He chose the twelve, but what? What happened to Ju Judas? Then what happened? Because iniquity and religion, Satan entered into him. He had a crack. And see, iniquity is Satan's kingdom. So when we allow Satan's kingdom to come in, then we allow the power of darkness to start to rule over our lives. But under the grace and mercy, we can have the power of God rush in. And we can, it, it, it said, go boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. What is the time of need? Whenever, iniquity, whenever you get a crack in your armor, 
purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean, and I will be whiter than snow. And hear you, joy and, and gladness. Thy bones which have been broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create me a clean heart. O God, renew in me a right spirit within me. Cast not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. There was no salvation before Jesus. He was prophesying. He was speaking. The whole, it was, Christ was speaking through him. But he knew something. But he knew God's presence. Restore in me the joy of my salvation. And uphold of me thy, thy free spirit. So, restore in me the joy of my salvation. Salvation comes through Christ. And it's through the grace of God that anyone's not by works that any man should boast. So if he's, David's talking about salvation, that he had a weight for his as well, because the dead in Christ shall rise. Well, not that. Jesus had to go to take the blood and put it on there before anyone, any men of faith could be saved. So men of, we were saved through faith and under law, but when Jesus came, he actually opened up heaven. Okay, so there's a lot of deep, you got to get deep into it because you got to understand, you got to understand the whole context of the Bible. People could get saved by faith alone in God before Jesus. But when Jesus came now, it's you have to be born again. And when Jesus went to the cross, all those who had faith and were called and chosen by God and the prophets of old, they also, well, I'm not even going to go there because people are going to, they don't, they're not going to understand it and they're going to get confused. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Hold up with me a free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors their way. Then, then will I teach. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. David wasn't preaching the kingdom of God. He was preaching the, the, it was the, it was the kingdom. I mean, it's written about the kingdom of God, but it wasn't the kingdom of God in spirit that's within us now. It was the kingdom of God on the land, on the earth. It was a different kingdom. And you had to be born into that kingdom by, by the Abrahamic, you know, you couldn't just come into that kingdom until Jesus brought us into the spiritual kingdom. So he's talking about something you're born into. Now you need to be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. Deliver me from my blood guiltiness, O God, and God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. So you can read the Old Testament because it's, it's talking about now. Lord, open thy lips and thy mouth and show forth thy praise. That's why it's a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes we don't feel like praising, but we praise him. And he sees that and it's a sacrifice because we're praising him. Because we're not praising him because of what we're doing. We're praising him because of what he did and how great he is and how in all he is. Thy sacrifice, O God, are a broken spirit, O broken and a contrite heart, O God. Thou will not despise he will not despise a broken heart. That was that humility. Needing Him. Understanding that we cannot even keep the cracks closed without Him. When God's crest... When, when God says, search me and put a right spirit within me, what is the right spirit? It's His spirit. God, take away my old man. Take away the, this, this, uh, the, the, the spirit of the age, the spirit of the world, the spirit of greed, the spirit of whatever, the spirit of, of, of lust, the spirit of whatever is, is, is getting in your cracks and put in me a right spirit. So when we have the full armor of God on the helmet of the whole thing, nothing get in. Sometimes it looks like on the outside in religion, oh, look, he's, so, he's got the full armor on. But that was like, all I need is a crack. Because once I get in with that little crack, it might be just a little thing, I'm going to start to decay and rotten out everything on the inside. So you can just keep that crack. I'm fine with it. You don't need to open the big door. You don't need to fall out of God. You don't need to stop saying scripture, stop praying. But all I need is a crack. A crack. All you need in a, in, a, in a building is one crack on the roof and the whole inside of it starts to, to fall apart. 
starts to darkness in water, what happens? Things grow that destroy. And in that, that's what sin does. And I say, well, I don't really sin, but, oh, you don't, well, idolatry, all these different things, um, these little things that aren't a big deal. You see our little cracks and then the devil gets in. And what ends up happening is we lose our boldness. The righteous are bold as a lion. So when we have cracks, we, we're like, oh, well, look at them. Look at them. No. He's like, he said, uh, measure, let no man measure, do not measure anything by another man. Measure everything by the word of God in Christ. So when we do that, we're all, all needing of him and have to humble ourselves. So we want to look at the worst Christians and say, well, at least I'm not like them. Or over here, look at that person's doing. And we always justify by the works of the flesh. And that's what God hates. He wants us to be justified only by what He did and not make ourselves, compare ourselves with one another. It's not wise, the Bible says. Structures only are strong as the foundation and the frame are. You can have a beautiful building. But if it gets termites, it's like termites too. You don't even see those, right? They go in, all of a sudden they're like, oh, the whole building is about to fall. Termites ate away all the wood from the inside out. And yeah, it looks like it has all this framing, but it's, you, can, you can kick it over with, with a push, right? And that's what sin does. We, we cannot stand up to the devil anymore. And God wants us to stand strong against the wiles of the enemy. This is why we preach all the time. This is why we remind each other about this. And this is why the Holy Spirit's here to help us. But then this false grace thing is, oh yeah, we live like this. Want, you know, And don't worry. It's not about what we do. It's, and, and they take it all out of context. Of, they cherry pick the scriptures to make, make themselves... Uh, living decay houses and 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 try to try to uh, make it holy on the outside by what scriptures say when Jesus said that I'm an inward working and power in you and all these things that are working within you have to be purged out of you first Samuel 16 7 that's what he says but the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on the countenance on the outside or on the height and the stature. Don't look how beautiful the building is. Look, it's got a new paint job. Oh, look at those new windows. But inside, there's cracks in the roof and there's cracks on the shield. That, 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 the elements of life, the elements of the spirit is sin that are getting in. Look at that guy. Look how elegant he preaches. Look how big. Look at how he looks on the outside. But God's looking on the inside. Don't look at the countenance. Don't look at the structure. Don't look at the stature because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. On the heart. We have to understand, we have to worry about what your heart looks like, not what your outward looks like. Because when your heart looks like right, your outward is going to look beautiful in the spirit. Boldness comes with confidence in Him, in His blood, in His Word, and in His power. Workers of iniquity rely on what they do on the outside, not on the cleaning of the inside. What, how do I know that? Well, the, even Jesus said they came to Him and they, they were thought that they were going to get into the kingdom of God because of all the things that they did. And what did He say? Jesus says, depart from me, you who work iniquity. They said, but we cast out demons. We healed the sick. We went to church every day. We prayed for people. Uh, we, we did this and we did that. And he says, depart from me, you who work iniquity. He said, I wasn't really, I, I'm glad you're doing those things, but I want you to do those things, but the, you have to do those things with a right heart. So we want to, Run away from the Word of God when we, when we should be running to the power of the cross. See, when we don't want to take care of the cracks, when the Word starts coming in, we start shutting up to the Word of God instead of opening up 
to him. Luke 17, 11 through 24. And it came to pass when he went through the midst of Samaria. See, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people that think that it's all about trying to look good or, or you know, what, what the problem was, was they were always trying to look good on the outside, but they're always bringing um, diversions. They're trying to use what Jesus didn't do according to their own thought and thinking of their own mind and try to point everyone to the negative things in Him when there wasn't any because of what they did not know and understand because they were trying to hide the iniquity that was actually in them. See, so they were trying to always point out other people's faults because they were trying to cover their own faults. So if I can point out who I think is worse than me is what people do in religion now and we do in our own hearts and minds, then all of a sudden we start to feel righteous on our own accolades, our own timetable, our own measuring line, the plummet line is, becomes our own and not the Word of God, then all of a sudden it makes us feel good on the outside, but inside it never changes. And in that, Satan starts to take over because we're not being transparent. Because God sees everything, and He's seeing the iniquity on the inside. So it came to pass, and He went through in the midst of Samaria, and He entered in a certain village where He met the ten men that were full of lepers. See, they had the leprosy, and even in the spirit, is like sin, but they had, everybody could see them. See, everybody could see the lepers. Did we lose some people? Everybody could see the lepers, right? Because they're, 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 the leprosy is on the outside, right? So it was a horrible thing. It was everybody looked down at them because they could see it on the outside, right? But see... People, a lot of people today in the church have leprosy on the inside. And they think it's okay because nobody can see, you know, anything on the outside. You know, like spiritual, like sin is. Like cancer to the body. So what do you do? You let God come in and you cut it out. The blood of Jesus washes it away. But if you, have, if you do not allow Christ to do that, then... Darkness starts to make you not to see clearly anymore. And he entered the village and he met, and the lepers stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. There's ten, right? And he saw them and he lay, said unto them, Go, and, the, and he said, go show yourselves unto the priest. Why? Because the priests are always looking on the outside. Religion always looks on the outside. Go show yourself to the religious. And there are also some laws and rules why they did all that, but this is not where God's taken us today. There was a reason, because you could be, you could get your your vaccine passport from the priest and you can actually go amongst the people. It was the ultimate, you know, the Jewish vaccine passport when you had leprosy. You had, if you were made, if you were clean, you would have to get the okay to be in public again. And it came to them and show yourselves unto the priest and it came to pass that they went and they were cleansed. And they were cleansed He's, as they went in obedience. He said, go show yourself the priest. Since he knew he cleaned them. He went to, they, he, they went to the priest and they say, oh, can we be accepted now? Look, I got new clothes. I got new shoes. I'm saying in modern day now, they had no more leprosy. I had, you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm fixed up. I'm wearing better clothes. I, you know, I got my tele, I've got my, my prayer shawl. I got my, you know, I got my religious garments on. Will you accept me, religion? And he said, show that. And, and, and they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice and glorified God. One! Turned back with a loud voice and glorified God. And he fell down on his face and at his feet giving thanks. And he was 
a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten? Where are the other nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. But they were probably all Jew, the Jewish ones. They were more concerned about the priest, the religious systems, getting their okay and approval. But see, this one wanted his approval. He wanted his approval from God. This one wanted not only to be clean on the outside, he wanted to be clean on the inside. And they're not found one that returned to give glory to God, but save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith has made thy whole. See, religion will not make you whole. Only the power of God. Only the cross. Only your willingness to allow the Holy Spirit. Only when you have the full arm of God with no cracks on it. <clears throat> and when you are made whole... You keep yourself whole. And when the, and he was demanded of the Pharisees, he, and when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God does not come by observation. Neither shall you say, Lo here, or go over here, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you but it ain't within you. He wasn't really saying the kingdom of God is within the Pharisees and the Sadducees because we already know that he said that uh, you are tombs and the kingdom of God is life. So he was telling them that you look like you're a sheep, but you're a wolf. Wolves and sheep's clothing kind of things, he would tell them. Ravaging wolves, your father's the devil. So we know he was telling them that the kingdom of God is within, could be within you if when you repent and become born again. So the kingdom of God is within and not without. But Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand because he was the only one at that time that could actually release the kingdom into the world. But through repentance... And through acknowledgement and through humility, just like this one was made whole. Not only on the outside, but on the inside too. Made whole means full sozo, salvation. Mind, body, and soul. Everything made right. Within and without. See, that's what we don't understand. Religion just makes you look good on the outside. God's looking on the inside. Oh, but I did this. Oh, but I'm going back to church. Oh, but I'm doing this. Oh, but are you allowing Him to take over your heart? See, the kingdom of God is takeover. It's not... Uh, see, religion is add to. That's why the whole... One of the seven mountains is religion. Adding to the beast. But the kingdom of God is takeover. What did he say? Jesus was the walking kingdom of God. Then he said, John the Baptist come. But John the Baptist said, I must decrease that he might increase. So the, now who is he? He's the kingdom of God. Jesus is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the Father. And if you've seen, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he said, the kingdom of God is within. So it is the Spirit of God within us. And he said to, unto his disciples, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And you shall say to you, say here, or, or see there, or go after them, nor follow them. Right? We just saw rumors that supposedly the Messiah is back in. So that fits that scripture. Nope. For the lightning that lighteth up the part of heaven shineth unto the part of Unto heaven, so shall the, the Son of Man in His day. But He's here right now in us. In those that are children of God. So the kingdom of God was brought to the earth through the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Now in man, the same kingdom that was in Jesus now must be in us. So it must be His kingdom, not our kingdom. And He says to the things... Uh, why do you suffer your house to be broken up? Why do you suffer your leaks in the roof? 
Oh, but you know, no one can see it. But if you take the walls down, it looks really bad. And we need to be more concerned of what's looking like on the inside of us than what is looking on on the outside. Wouldn't you agree? How does Satan win a war? Well, just like they did in the Trojan horse. He, he came in the little door, and then he just starts to take over. Trojan horse is how the devil comes in. Through a little temptation. Through a little bit of this. Through a little bit of that. Through a little gift. A little pleasure. He wants, the devil wants to be a Trojan horse in your life. When we rely on what he did, we do not, and we do what he does, then we're no longer doing dead works, but, but works of faith. Resist the devil and he will flee. It's a promise. It is written. But see, when he begins to take over an iniquity, you don't believe anymore that you can resist him. Whatever we do, do it all for the glory of God. What are you talking about? Every religious will say, oh yeah, you know, I went to the grocery store, but for the glory of God, oh yeah, I did uh, this, you know, I called this person, all for the glory of God. I went to the bathroom, it was all for the glory of God. No, but what he's talking about, everything you do, do it for the glory of God. Think about it a different way. Not what you're doing is for the glory of God. Everything you do, do it for the glory of God. Because what? Do it for the glory of God. Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That what? We are. This goes with those that above, above many do not rely on the power of God and the grace and perverting sound doctrine. So everybody our way wants to say that you take away from the grace of God when you try no, that's the devil's biggest trick to make you think that you cannot be the temple of the glory of God. See, that's all he's trying to tell you to do. You're not really what the scriptures say. You're not really the righteousness of Christ. Look what you just did. You're not really doing that. No, he did that. Don't think you can do that. See, it's very tricky because he's telling the truth in some manner of fashion or way, but he's really lying to you because he's making you disqualifying you for the glory of God that was supposed to be inside of you. And when he can disqualify you, he's got a crack in you. First Corinthians 3, 1 through 20, brother, could I not speak unto you as unto spiritual? See, many people in the church, they can't understand spiritual things. But as unto carnal, even unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For where when you are not able to bear it, neither yet are you able. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there are envy and strife and divisions and cracks among you and cracks in your armor, are you not carnal and walk as men? For one saith, I am a Paul, and another say, I am a Paulus, yet are you carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers of whom I believe, even the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but only God gives you. Only the, the increase of the glory in the kingdom of God comes through the supernatural power of God. It is not seen, but you can see the fruit. It is not seen, but you can feel it. How do you feel it? By joy, peace, and righteousness. You can feel it. You can't see it. You can, feel, you can see it, but you can't see it. In other words, you only see, you don't see it, but you only see the fruits of it. So someone that's sinning, you're seeing the fruits of iniquity. Someone that's not, you're seeing the fruits of Christ. But everyone says, oh, I have the fruits of Christ. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall bear much fruit and fruit that fruit that will remain. So the kingdom of God is a fruit garden, right? So if the kingdom of God is inside of you, then the glory of God is inside of you too. So we need to be reminded of that because if we sin uh, and did something, if we hold on to that and we don't believe and go boldly and know that, no, we don't hold on to that. Even if I did that, that's not who I am. 
I am the righteous in the glory of God, then you can live in this place of confusion and being tossed to and fro by every man and wind of doctrine. We're not talking about self-works or self-reliance or self-help. We're not talking about self-righteousness. We're talking about being selfless unto the kingdom of God, being open up and let every crack of iniquity, let pride go and all the cracks of sin, immorality, all the things that sin actually does inside of us that starts to destroy the framework and the building of God, which we are. For we are laborers together with God that you are the husbandry, you are God's building. Oh, there it is. God's building, according to the grace of God which is given to me in a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation another man build thereupon. But every man take heed how he build thereupon. For other foundation no man can lay that which is Christ Jesus. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, gold represents the glory, silver, precious stones, or the other one are earthly, right? It was like, what is he talking about? Silver, gold, and precious stones, those can be burned up all the time. You can burn, what are you, right? You got stones on fires all the time, right? They last forever. You can burn them and burn them. They're, you, you can burn gold, and all you're going to do is make it purer and purer. You can burn silver, right? And God says, make us, in a house there are vessels of gold, silver, and there's how the wood stubble and that. He speaks about that in a whole other chapter somewhere. And that, 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 that can be burned, right? So he's saying this. Upon the foundation, are you building upon this heavenly things? Glory. See, that's why Solomon built the temple. It was all full of gold. It was a prophetic thing about who we are, full of glory. Gold represents the temple of God, which we are. And that's why you think God was concerned about riches? He was trying to say how rich His kingdom is. How glorious the house of God must be. How I want it to look. Not how man wants it to look. And overlay everything in the glory of God. Overlay everything in the gold of God. And he was saying that. Or wood, hay, and stubble. What is wood, hay, and stubble? Destruction things. Wood burns, hay burns to nothing. There's nothing there. What's the fire of God? God is fire. So build upon these things heavenly things. Heavenly things. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our treasure must be the kingdom of God. And it says every man's work shall be made manifest and the day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work. Well, there it is right there. And if any man's work abide which he has built, so it will be there. The glory will be there. Your flesh will be burned up. Everything you've done in the flesh it doesn't matter. You can have a list of religious accolades like the guy that came in the temple, but he did not have a heart like David after God. He was looking at his own righteousness, which is selfish righteousness. Our righteousness is in Christ. But at the same time, we need not to have cracks and let these things become into decay, our inward man. If any man's work abide, which he has built upon... He shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but yet shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that you are the temple of God. See, they'll say that today. Who do you think you are? Well, God, I don't. God said it. I mean, everyone says, oh, this is the uh, adultery. This is the word of God and everything, you know, you know, is and only when it's good for their own doctrine. <laughs> It's always, you know, rightly divide the word of truth if it's divided by their doctrine or their way they perceive it. But it's really clear. I mean, there's not, I don't need um, 10 different uh, um, encyclopedias or, or, or almanac or whatever those things they're doing or theologian degrees. Know you not that you are the temple of God. It's, I mean, it's, it's very simple. I am the temple of God. Oh, do I have to go to a school? And not, No, it's like, what does that mean? That means that God's inside of me. And who is God? He is the glory. So what does that mean? Know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple, 
So there is right there. Him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are? That's serious. Sin is cancer. And we got to know that we do have, can boldly go to the front of us. That's where relationship comes in. But then he says at the end, you who work iniquity. Another thing is you who live by iniquity. You who get led by iniquity. He's not saying you that make a mistake here and there or fall into sin once in a while. No, we have the, we have, see there's a fine line. But when you live and religion tells you it's okay. And you, what you're doing is you're denying the power of God. And you don't have a form of godliness. You're denying the cross, so you're denying the Word of God, and you're denying the blood of Jesus. But only the blood of Jesus' humility activates the blood of Jesus. It's like, humble yourself, God resists the proud and gives grace to them. His blood is His grace. His blood is His power. His blood is His authority. Everything was taken back from the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And you can't lie because if your testimony is wrong, then the glory of God does not live, live inside of you. If any man defile the temple, him God will destroy it, and the temple of God is holy, for which are the temple of God. Some of us have gone years and years, and we're just saying, this is just how, and some of us are getting angrier, or, or this, or that, and we're not, we're, the fruits are decaying instead of being multiplied. Because there's cracks in your armor. And I, I'm pleading today with everybody in this place and everybody that li will listen to this that you will pray to God that He will give you a, a renew in you a right spirit within you and a contrite heart and, 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 and a heart after Him. Let no man deceive himself. If any among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool. That he may be wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. See, that's the problem. you got worldly Christian, carnal Christians trying to tell you what the Bible means. And when you have the mind of Christ, you know exactly what it means. It means you need to have the kingdom of God within you. If the kingdom of darkness is entering you, get it out. If there's darkness in your life, we need to get it out quickly. And he's not saying you're... You need to do it. He's saying he did it 2,000 years ago. You need to rely on him. That's the relationship. No perfect man goes in heaven. There's only been one perfect. But then he said, be perfect as I am perfect. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise. He knows even your thoughts. So don't even think you can outthink God or he doesn't know what you're thinking. That's why he's way ahead of you. Because even before we sin... We sin in our heart. Even before we commit adultery, we're already lusting, right? So what is he saying? I even know before, so don't even try. Even if you don't do it, I say I want perfection. So Jesus said to the woman, caught, uh, uh, said, said, Jesus said uh, to, to, to the woman, she had five husbands. And then Jesus said to the Pharisees, uh, you know, even if you look after a woman in lust, you've already committed sin. Oh, that just takes that just changes the whole game. It means God wants you to purify your mind and your heart and all that is within you. And that's what it's all about. And we're not talking about the works of the flesh. We're talking about the cross. We're talking about allowing ourselves to be a living sacrifice upon the altar. Therefore, let no man glory in men. Why? Because we don't glory in men. We, gotta, we want to see the glory in men. We don't want to glory in man. We want to see the glory in man. There's a big difference between glorying in men and seeing the glory in men. And then see, yo, what do you say, man? No, to see God is the glory. To see God in man. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. He knows the thoughts of the vain. The thoughts. So that's just, that's why it doesn't even matter. You might as well repent already if you're even thinking about it. <laughs> Who in you? It's Christ in us. The hope of what? Let's see what it says. Colossians, and we'll close. Everybody can stand up. Colossians 1, 26-29. 
even the mystery which has been hid from the ages for generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Who's the mystery? Me and you. The bride of Christ. The temple of God. The real gold. Not the one that's going to be left on the earth. The, the gold that goes back to the, the one that made all things. To whom God would make known the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Not in the Pharisees. Not in the religious system. Not in man. But in the dead man walking. In other words, in, in the born-again man. Not in the man of the world, not in the wisdom of the wise. In the world. The kingdom of God pouring out of us. See, the only cracks God wants is our mouths, our ears, the ones that He created. Not the ones that the devil gets in. See, so the word of God, the kingdom of God can come out of our mouth can come out of our hands, because it's we are that. Let every man in the, uh, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect to Christ. Presenting every man. If it was just Christ, you'd say, well, you're already presented perfect. People got to get, got to read your Bible. This makes us go home and start thinking about, Right? And then God's like, oh, just because you're thinking about what I want you to think about, I'm going to help you. But if you ignore me and ignore my word, how can I help you? Because then I don't exist. Then I'm just automatic again, like the angels. Did I create man to be automatic? I just take everybody to heaven and have Jesus die. No, I even had Jesus die. So make say there, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the only way, the narrow way, the door. So there's only his way, and that's the only way. And then this way, you choose me. I chose you to choose me. But unless you keep, choose, keep choosing me and choosing me and choosing me, I might shut the door. You have to keep choosing me, keep the walking. It's like door after door after door after door. How deep does the mansion of God go? He said, in my Father's house, there's many. I'm not even going to go there. To whom known? Wherefore I also labor, striving according to the working which worketh in me mightily. Right now let's pray. Father, we thank you that it is the power of God working in us mightily. Father God, we ask you right now to put a new roof on our house, to, put, to fill every crack, every crevice that, that sin can creep in. Father God, that there be no iniquity in us but just the glory of God. Father, there's no way I can do this in the flesh, but you did it already 2,000 years ago. And we come in agreement, we come in communion with your blood and your body today. And we thank you, Father God, that the false doctrines and the power and the iniquity of man cannot touch us because you have made us clean and the devil touches us not. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Father, give us, make us strong that when and every wiles of the devil we push it away. And Father, right now, we're asking you in spirit and in truth that we're willing, God. We become religious, God, and we don't want to be religious that we look like we look like we're okay on the outside, but in the inside, we know there's something not right. We know there's more. We know that you're not pleased with some things, and we don't know even how to fix them. But God, you didn't say you had to fix them. You just said, come to me. Come to me. All you are tired of trying to be righteous on your own. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burden, and I will give you rest. That is my kingdom. I will give you me. I will give you and fill the house with glory. I am not a man that I should lie. Whatever I said, I shall do. And whatever I do, it's because I said it already. And that's the kingdom of God within you. Allow my kingdom to operate in you. Let this mind be in you that was also in my son that walked the earth. 
This is the kingdom of God. It's not by observation. It's not by the works of man. It's not by the flesh or what man can see. It's what I do on the inside of thee. When you walk with me and talk with me, I will change you from the inside out. This is my burden on me, not on you. Resist the devil and he will flee. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In Jesus' name, amen.